Hi, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is a special edition of the CNN political briefing on the Georgia Senate runoff elections. This is part three of our five-part series where we take a closer look at why these two Senate runoff races matter so much. Last week, we looked at Republican David Perdue and Democrat John Ossoff both battling for one of the two Senate seats. In today's episode, we're going to take a closer look at the candidates running in the state's other Senate contest, Republican Kelly Leffler and Democrat Raphael Warnock. In the November special election, which had a very crowded field, especially on the conservative side of the equation, Warnock received 32.9% of the vote, and Leffler, who was splitting up that conservative vote with others, received 25.9%. Since neither of them hit the 50% plus one mark, the runoff election was triggered. So today, we'll take a dive into their backgrounds and their proposals for the future of the country. First, let's take a look at incumbent Republican Senator Kelly Leffler. I was the first in my family to graduate from college. I know what it means to live paycheck to paycheck. I've done it. And I also know I'm blessed to live the American dream, and that's why I'm fighting to protect it. 50-year-old Leffler grew up working on her family's Illinois grain farm and is now one of the richest people in Congress. Leffler has worked in financial services for over 25 years and helped build a company her husband started in the early 2000s called Intercontinental Exchange. It's now a Fortune 500 company that is the parent company to the New York Stock Exchange. This year, Forbes estimated that Leffler and her husband are worth at least $800 million, making her likely the wealthiest member of Congress. Leffler was appointed to the Senate by Georgia Governor Brian Kemp beginning her term in January of this year after former Republican Senator Johnny Isaacson resigned for health reasons. Leffler's appointment to the seat was originally seen as an effort to make the Georgia Republican Party more friendly to middle-class moderates, especially college-educated women in those critical suburbs around Atlanta who no longer supported President Trump. Remember, Brian Kemp was looking to appoint someone that he was going to share the ticket with in 2022 when he's up for re-election that could help him win another term as Georgia's governor. However, Leffler shifted far more to the right when she was facing off with conservative Congressman Doug Collins, who was Donald Trump's preferred choice to get the Senate appointment in their special election in November. Leffler serves on the Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions, Veterans Affairs, and Agriculture Committees in the Senate. She's a big supporter of President Trump and has been supportive of his efforts to undermine the election results in Georgia, even though that potentially could hurt her in the runoff. Georgians are frustrated. I'm frustrated. The president's frustrated. We need to get to the bottom of these investigations. Leffler recently put out a joint statement with Republican David Perdue where they gave their full support for Trump's election lawsuits and called for the resignation of the Republican Secretary of State in Georgia. Leffler has tried to frame her opponent, Reverend Raphael Warnock, as a radical socialist. At the recent debate between the two candidates, she repeatedly tried to link Warnock's name to socialism. My opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, is a socialist. He supports policies that would grow our government, bankrupt hardworking families with high taxes. She has made the argument that Georgians should elect her and Republican Senator David Perdue in order to prevent what she says would be a radical socialist movement inside the federal government. 
Leffler's campaign has had its share of controversy. For example, she made headlines before the election when she was on the campaign trail and told CNN's Manu Raju that she was unfamiliar with President Trump's infamous Access Hollywood tape. After Leffler attended a closed-door Senate briefing about the coronavirus in January, she and her husband dumped millions of dollars in stocks. At the same time, she and her husband invested in companies that ended up doing well during the pandemic. The Senate Ethics Committee found no evidence that she violated the law. During the protests against police killings of black men and women over the summer, Leffler faced controversy as a part owner of the WNBA team, the Atlanta Dream, when Leffler publicly denounced Black Lives Matter. We have to root out racism where it exists, but the political organization Black Lives Matters is very different. It has Marxist foundations, and it's important that people understand what their goals are because sports should be about unifying. Now let's look at the Democrat hoping to oust Leffler, the pastor of Atlanta's historic Ebenezer Baptist Church, Reverend Raphael Warnock. The people of Georgia have been disappointed, and they're looking for somebody who'll stand up for ordinary people. I've spent my life doing that as a citizen, and I'll do it as a U.S. senator. Warnock is 51 years old and was selected to serve as senior pastor at Ebenezer in Atlanta 15 years ago, the former pulpit of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Warnock was the youngest pastor ever selected to serve in this role in this historic church. He grew up in Caton Homes Public Housing in Savannah with his 11 brothers and sisters. Before running for the Senate, Warnock was known in politics for his passion for expanding Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act in Georgia. In 2014, Warnock and 10 others were arrested at the Georgia Capitol after Georgia failed to expand Medicaid under the ACA. He is also endorsed by former President Barack Obama. In July, after the passing of Congressman and civil rights activist John Lewis, Obama joined Warnock at the Ebenezer Baptist Church and gave a powerful eulogy for Lewis. In a departure from what is traditionally associated with Democrats, Warnock is running a faith-based campaign. I'm a Matthew 25 Christian. That's what I am. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was sick and you visited me. Love your neighbor. And for me, that means you don't get rid of your neighbor's health care, particularly in the middle of a pandemic. Perhaps not terribly surprising in what had been a traditionally red state until this year, Warnock has more in line with policy positions like those of President-elect Joe Biden than a Bernie Sanders or an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Warnock is committed to fighting climate change and environmental racism, but has not endorsed the Green New Deal. Warnock supports Medicaid expansion in Georgia, but does not support Medicare for all. Warnock has said numerous times that he opposes defunding the police. I don't think we should defund the police, but we certainly do need criminal justice reform. Republicans have criticized Warnock's support for Barack Obama's controversial former pastor, Reverend Jeremiah Wright, who was accused of anti-Semitism and preaching a sermon that included the line, Goddamn America. Republicans also say that Warnock invited Cuban dictator Fidel Castro to a church he was working for in New York in 1995. In response, Warnock said that he was a youth pastor at the time and was not part of the decision to invite Castro. I never met him. I never invited him. He has nothing to do with me. On the whole, this race is more difficult to predict since there were so many candidates in November's election, especially on the Republican side. So really, these two candidates are honing in on each other, and as their debate showed, it's getting somewhat nasty. We'll see how it plays out on January 5th. 
That's it for today's special edition of the CNN Political Briefing. And if you have any questions about these runoff elections in Georgia, please email us at askelection101 at cnn.com, and we'll answer them in a future episode. Thanks so much for listening, and please take a moment and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing, netsuite.com briefing.